listening to the Grow Further Podcast, dedicated to helping you on your journey to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I'm Christy. I'm Ellie. And we are your hosts. Grow further with us starting now. Hello, everybody. We are so excited to join you for episode number three. And Chris, what are we talking about today? Well, Ellie... (laughs) I love the way you just asked that question. What are we talking about today? Well, before we get to that, can I just share one thing? We've had a lot of love given to us after the first episode. And like, I'm in a state of gratitude for so many people, right? We've been talking about this a little bit the last few days with the launch of this podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you to my rugby family. There's quite a few people in my rugby family that listen to this. Obviously, CBS Health colleagues that have listened to this, that have offered feedback. We're so incredibly grateful for that. And then in my previous role, I used to teach resilience training to the military. And there are some really special people in my life from that time that took the time to listen. And I'm just really thankful for that. I know we've gotten so much love on social media and from colleagues and friends and family and our communities, and we are just eternally grateful. And I think that it kind of ties into our conversation today, Chris, if I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not really stretching it here. Well, you know, honestly, I was thinking about that. I was like, well, gratitude, emotional health and the feeling of positive emotion Mm -hmm. that absolutely does tie to the topic of the day, which if we were to do like a drum roll, the topic of the day is (laughs) well-being. Okay, that's the topic of the day. We're going to talk all around well-being. But before we do that, I also want to introduce Quinn. Okay, Quinn is on the line. She is our producer and she is new to our team. Well, we're so grateful for you, Quinn. Do you want to say hi to all of the listeners? Really quick, I'm putting her on the squad, everybody. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Yay, Quinn. Yay, Quinn. She is amazing and she's going to be helping to produce this podcast for us. And it really does. What did they say? What's that quote? It takes a village. It does. Right. So it takes all of you. It takes Quinn. It takes us. And we're just so grateful to be on this journey with you today. We're going to talk about well-being. There is a a nice connection between self-care and bringing it into well-being. But one of the things that we need to do is define what we mean, because I think well-being, when I think about that topic, there are a lot of people out there that are going to say, well, that's wellness, right? Physical fitness, yeah. Physical fitness, like, well, not necessarily. Like, well-being and wellness are not necessarily the same thing, so we want to break that down. And we're going to use a good old Cambridge dictionary definition, if that's okay, for what we mean by well-being. And that's a state of feeling healthy and happy. That definition resonates with me, Ellie. Does it resonate with you at all? And what might it be missing if it's not complete enough? You know, I really think it does resonate with me as well. And that's why I tied it to gratitude and the gratitude that we're feeling right now, because it really has me feeling happy. Many happy dances have been done in honor of all of you. But when I think about well-being, the other thing I think about is living in a state of thriving versus surviving. Mm. And I think that many of us can relate to that when we think about the times where we feel like we're drowning and the times where we feel like we're just floating on top of the water and the difference that exists and the environment that is around us and our sentiment, our mood, everything is really dependent on well-being. Yeah, I don't think it's a topic that we necessarily talk about all the time, which is why we're bringing it up today. And so we just defined what we mean by well-being, but what we're going to explore are some stats around well-being and why it's important, okay? So it's not just like we pick this out because we are genuinely interested in it. We are. 
Which we are. This is something that we are incredibly, like we're very passionate about this. But before we move into why we need to talk about it a little bit more, I think what could also be helpful for all of us is to right now think, Ellie, I really love that question that you just raised. I think that we could have an entire 15 minute episode just on thriving versus surviving. We totally could. And, and what that means, right? Like, are we just getting by, you know, just like, I'm just getting like an image of you're just digging your, your elbows into the ground and you're just slowly moving forward versus the floating that you were talking about, Ellie, like in the water, which immediately made me think of the Black Sea and the Red Sea. Like, does it the type of ocean have something to do with whether or not you float? Like, that was the first thing that came, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind for me. I was like, are we going to talk about oceans? I hope not. That's not my area, but... Can we like really extend this analogy? So if you're thinking about it, the buoyancy helps you float or not. And well-being can be seen as that buoyancy. It's that life preserver. It's the thing that allows you to float or thrive, mm -hmm. no matter what body of water you're in, right? Yeah. So, you know, I really love the idea of kind of grounding us in some statistics because at the end of the day, you might be wondering, why are we talking about well-being? And the interesting thing is there's a really huge Gallup study that was done based on over 100 million global interviews. And then also some Harvard Business Review articles and research that we pulled this from. But it's something that essentially many Americans struggle with. And when we think about it, everything that encompasses your well-being, your health, your mental health, that all matters because at the end of the day, one in three people experience anxiety or depression. That's a lot. That's a lot. Whoa. Yeah. Like if we just pause on that, one in three people experience anxiety or depression. And that's only the people that they know. I wonder if that, how true that would hold if we were all honest, Ooh. you know, and open with yeah. how we were feeling, right? Which I know that we're going to talk about that in just a second. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons this matters is that's the real, real. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what a lot of people um, are facing yeah. right now, that one in three. Yeah. And then to top that off, seven in 10 describe their lives as struggling or suffering, or may we kind of extend that as surviving. Mm. Seven in 10 people are simply just surviving. And this is where it ties into what you just said, Chris, about being honest. 33% of Americans often lie about how they're feeling. I don't, that doesn't surprise me. Honestly, I would think that the number would be higher. I'm curious as to what you all mm. think as you're listening to this, like 33% often lie about how they're feeling. Let me just ask all of our listeners and Ellie, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. How many times have you ever said when somebody asks, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's it just fine. makes me think of Encanto. What is, what is the sister's name? She's where she has to be like, she's storming. And then she has to say, oh, I'm not fine. And then she says, clear skies, clear skies. And then the cloud. Clearly, you have watched Encanto way too many times. Encanto is in my life. And it's in my life every day. I feel like every moment of every day. And I'm not going to lie. There are times when I say I'm fine when I'm probably not. And I'm just like, please take that album off. Thank goodness it's a great <laughs> album. But 33% of people often lie about how they're feeling. And I actually heard from a previous coworker of mine that said that the word fine is such a dangerous word because it's like, what does that really mean? It's so ambiguous. Yeah. You know, since reading this statistic too, I've really challenged myself in using language other than five 
more descriptive language. Sometimes we just don't want to get into it. And that really mirrors the next stat, which is that over half of the working population in the U.S. believes they cannot openly discuss their mental health at work, which is probably why people say fine, because it is ambiguous language. It's not touchy-feely. It doesn't touch on anything too deep. And it's PC language to use. But I challenge that, right? Yeah. Why in the world should we be walking around saying, I'm fine, it's fine, everything's fine, when clearly we're not all fine? Seven in 10 are saying that they're struggling or suffering. Yeah, which that means, and, and out of the research, so what Ellie's referring to, I know that we already gave props to Gallup. There's a book out there that one of my really good friends recommended to me to read about if you're interested in well being. It's called Well Being at Work. It's a good one. And it's by Jim Clifton and Jim Harter. So I would highly recommend this book if this is a topic of interest, because a lot of this data we pulled from this book, which really talks about how important, you know, our careers are and our physical well-being is and just these general stats that say, whoa, red flags, like we've got to do something about this. And Ellie, is it fair to say that one of the reasons we do this podcast is because we want to we want to change this we want to obviously support everybody and ourselves. We say this as much for ourselves as we do for all of you, but we want to all grow, right? Grow further. And, you know, why would we be talking about this? How could this help us grow further, Chris, if we're thinking about this idea of well-being and talking about this out in the open and why it needs to be okay for us to admit where we are? Well, it's making me think of um, some other stats okay. that I read in this book. So for those of us, and what Gallup looked at is not only just general population stats, but what about employees specifically that are highly engaged at work? What's it like for them? And what they found is that if you're in highly engaged at work, but not thriving in your life, that's really problematic. Okay. Here are some of the statistics. Ooh, okay. If you're not thriving in your life, but you're highly engaged, you're 61% more likely to burn out. Huh? Okay. You're 48% more likely to experience daily stress. You're 66% higher likelihood to have daily worry and anxiety. And it also doubles the rate of daily sadness and anger. That was mind blowing to me. That surprises me a lot because think about how much time for any of us out there that are a part of a team or a leader, think about how much time we spend at work, right? So even if you are highly engaged in your work environment and at work, if you're not thriving outside of work and in your life in general, these things can still impact you, which is why it's so important. If we tend to our well-being, if we put light and shine light on well-being and what that means and what that looks like and what we need to tend to it, then we can not only you know, really enhance our ability to perform at our best, but we could have better life satisfaction. We could go from that surviving to thriving very easily. It's an enabler. It's a lever. Absolutely. And when we think about well-being in general, there's a variety of different ways that we can think about well-being. And I know, Ellie, that's something that we haven't touched on yet. But there's different dimensions of well-being or like characteristics like around well-being. Areas, buckets. Areas, buckets. Exactly. Yeah. So you think of it like this. Think about your life and what's really important to you. You've got physical well-being. You've got emotional well-being, mental well-being, your career well-being, your financial well-being. The thing about all of these areas or buckets is that they're interdependent, okay? So they impact each other. And so the tips that Ellie and I are going to provide today, what we want to do 
and, and this is where we're really shifting right now, the tips for well-being. What are some takeaways to where we could start tending to our well-being with more intentionality than just letting it happen by chance? I don't want it to just let it happen by chance. Let's be intentional about it. One of the first things we need to do is we need to think about what we need. What fills your bucket? Okay, what fills your bucket out there? So I'm asking all of you listening. I'm hoping that if you're in the car, if you're at the gym, if you're between meetings, you know, whatever you're doing, think about that. What is it that you need to fill your bucket? That's going to be different for everybody, right? Because we're all in different places in our life. And I think that it's really important that we, what you just said about the different kinds of buckets or the areas of well-being are so important because some are just basic human needs, right? You know, right. if you think about financial well-being, right? Mm -hmm. If you are worried about how you're going to feed your family, how you're going to pay your rent, if you are like many of us in America right now are working paycheck to paycheck, it's really hard to move beyond that, right? It's really hard to not have stress and anxiety. So thinking about what you need might not be what the person next to you needs. Like, Chris, I know that we talk often about how having physical activity in your life regularly is something that fills your bucket. Oh, it's so huge. Absolutely. Like I know today, I'll just be very vulnerable with everybody today. I had the opportunity. Ruby came back. That's my wife, everybody. You will get to know her more over the, the length of this podcast, if you will. But she came in from the gym. and was like, hey, are you going today? And I was like, ooh. And I chose to hit the snooze and I choose to hang out in bed for a little bit longer. And guess what? It's been a little bit harder for me today. I've been a little bit more lethargic. Mm -hmm. I haven't had as much energy. And why? Because I didn't fill my bucket this morning. So I know that for me, if I can go to the gym or just go on a walk or do something physical for me, that is a bucket filler. Ellie, what's a bucket filler for you? So for me, social connectedness is a bucket filler. Mm -hmm. Like knowing that I have the opportunity to connect with my community, whether it be my work community, my friend community, my family community, whatever community that is, I know being a part of that ecosystem fills my cup and fills mm -hmm. my bucket. And that's really important to me. And if I don't regularly tend to that, it becomes really easy to just kind of look the other way and then also suffer in other areas of my life. So I think that that's really important for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first step, right? Everybody, you have to understand and know what you need. Yeah. And you have to be able to ask for it and admit it and give yourself permission to say, you know what, this is what I need and I'm going to go after it. And that's really hard. It is. Right. It's hard to do. It's hard to ask for what you need and to advocate for yourself. That's really, really tough. I know we talked a little bit about that in the self-care episode that we just did. Like your self-care is important. You know, your health and well-being, it really does. It matters, mm -hmm. right? It matters. If we want to grow, it's hard to grow if we're not tending to those areas of our life that allow our mind to be more open to possibilities and to stretching beyond our comfort zones, right? Like we need the energy. And that's our second tip. So advocate for yourself. So ask for what you need. And that brings us to our third one, because our third one is the hardest part of all I would say. And that's try to incorporate actions and habits that actually fill your bucket, that tend to your well-being. Right. And here's the thing. And Chris, I, I, the reason this is difficult, I think, is because we have a mentality of we need to go big. Mm -hmm. But it can really be small actions and habits that tend to your well-being. You know, uh, give an example to the group, Chris. What What is something small? If you're thinking about your bucket, your physical well-being bucket, mm -hmm. what 
what kinds of habits do you have incorporated that yeah. are? Yeah, Ellie, I'm so glad that you're asking that question. That's such a good point. You know, I do agree with you. I think that we tend to think that we have to go big, which could really stop us in our tracks from doing anything at all. And so I'll share just a few quick things that I'm doing for my well being that doesn't take long, that's really helping. One thing that I do is I'm trying to prioritize my sleep. I know that if I put my phone in sleep mode, I know that notifications are not going to pop up. My phone isn't going to buzz. And so that allows me to go to sleep knowing that I'm not going to be woken up by a group text thread, right? Because don't we love those? <laughs> not necessarily, not when we're trying to sleep and the phone keeps buzzing. So that's one thing that I do to help me feel more comfortable when I close my eyes at night, knowing that my phone isn't going to wake me up. The second thing that I do is when I wake up in the morning, the first thing is that I take a drink of water. And I try to drink one glass of water in the morning. And if I'm feeling kind of bougie, I might put a little bit of a lemon slice in there. And it just really, it, it gives me a little bit of a cleanse. It makes me feel better. And it gives me a boost of energy to start the day. And then the third thing, which is probably one of my favorite things that's small, is that I love having a shot of espresso in the morning. And Mia is normally up at that time. So I will make myself a shot of espresso. And at the same time, she and I have a little bit of a dance routine. So we will turn on Encanto as we talked about earlier, and we will just dance in the kitchen together. And it's just, it's something so small, but we're smiling, we're laughing, it's, it's moving my body. Um, so from a physical space and from a mental and emotional space, it's something really small, but it's something that I'm doing to tend to that dimension. And it's, it's awesome. I just really love it. And something that's a little bit bigger that I've been doing is going to the gym four days a week. That's awesome. And by going to the gym, I like go on a bike ride. And yesterday we went on a bike ride as a family. I saw right. So that's something that, that I, so incorpor cute. yeah, it was really cute. Yeah. Uh, Mia loves the bike rides as well. And so I think that that actually brings in the social connectedness piece, Ellie, that you were talking about. I also thrive in that. I think that's why I felt so good coming into today, even though I didn't work out this morning. It's almost like that dimension took over a little bit where I've been talking to friends and family that care about me and that just are sending out their love and support. Like that just filled my bucket so much that it almost made up for the fact that I didn't go to the gym. But that's where if we can combine like little actions, like going on a bike ride with the family, that's physical activity, but it's also tending to that social aspect as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's feeding two birds with one loaf because we don't want to hit birds with stones. I love when that's you say bad. that. That's such so a more positive way. <laughs> So everybody, if you don't take anything else away, you can say instead, feed two birds with one loaf instead of kill two birds with one stone. Thank you, Ellie. Well, yeah, no problem. Well, let's make sure that everybody does walk away with something. And let's just reiterate those three tips. So tip number one, think about what it is that you need and what fills your bucket. Think about what is unique to you and the areas of your well-being that you really need to tend to or want to lean into. Number two is advocate for yourself. Ask for what you need and go after it and set boundaries around it. Don't let people steal that time for you from you, just like we talked about in that self-care episode. Right. And then number three is try to incorporate actions or habits that fill your bucket. And small is still something. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how small or big it is, just do something different that can fill your bucket. And if you can feed two birds with one loaf, oh then <laughs> even better. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you for being with us today, everybody. Just at least do one thing. We're looking forward to hearing from you. What is that thing you know that you're doing? Leave us a note, leave us a review and let us know how it's going. But take care, stay safe, and we'll see you again next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Grow Further podcast. If you'd like to help us grow further, please subscribe. And don't forget to let us know what you thought of today's episode. 